Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, tuning in all across the U.S. and around the world. This is the host of the one and only Dominate the Deal, Steve Zeke. It's the Sinatra Suave. Today's honorary guest is a good friend of mine, Eric Sapola. His journey, he's an eBay extraordinaire who's been crushing it by selling and mastering the eBay platform and building a business that way. He started his entrepreneurial journey when he was 12 years old. And he has a really powerful message about how when you face resistance, you have to keep going and focus in on the main reasons as to why you started out on your journey in the first place. I'm incredibly excited. I've met him in person and he has so much value to give with respect to business, but also life. And I'm really looking forward to diving in this episode, Dominate the Deal. So without further ado, Eric, welcome to Dominate the Deal, my friend. Thank you for having me. Not a problem, man. It's, it's a pleasure. And I mentioned that you started, this is the craziest thing. I remember we met the, for the first time at the High Status Summit. Jason Capital's High Status Summit 2019. And I went up to you, shook your hand. And the more I started talking to you, the more I realized, I'm like, damn, dude, you started your entrepreneurial journey at 12 years old. Yeah, that's crazy. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. And what was your inspiration behind starting your entrepreneurial journey at 12? Sure. So like I said, I started when I was 12 years old. It happened for... I saw it out of a need because of my parents. So they would always pay the bills as part of the computer every Sunday evening. And I would watch them punch over the computer, looking at a checkbook, trying to move money around to make ends meet, excuse me. And they weren't always able to do it. And I was tired of that. I did not want to struggle anymore I didn't want to see them go through that so I took it upon myself to do some research on how to make money other ways and I came across some business opportunities and I convinced my dad to join those and so we did and for the next few years we struggled there were a lot more downs than ups. you know we over I would say a six or seven year span of us working together we lost money. We didn't even make any money. Uh, we lost, I would say, low five figures, so maybe fifteen to twenty thousand dollars that we lost trying to make this thing work. Couldn't do it. And at that point, my dad was super discouraged. He wanted to give up, and so he went back to working his job. I mean, he he was working his job the whole time, yet he was trying to dedicate some time to online business and making that work, but decided to give that up. I don't blame him for it because he really didn't see the results to want to be able to stick it out, which I don't blame him. But I caught the bug. I knew this is what I wanted to do. I never wanted to work with somebody else. I wanted to only own my own businesses, and I wanted to make this happen. And so I would say about two years ago, I set up all the money that I made working with my dad over the summer, and I bought his dropshipping course. I dabbled in dropshipping before, but didn't have success with it, but I decided to give it one more try. So I got the course, learned it, implemented it, broke even for six months. What didn't make any money, just broke even. And then in my closer circles on Instagram, one of the groups that I'm in, Shout out to Millennial King, they introduced me 
to a guy named Mark Augustine. Said, hey, look at this guy, it's dropshipper. You're doing eBay, meet this guy. He, he lives in Nicaragua and he makes money on eBay. Said, okay. So I watch his videos and I'm like, wow, he really knows what he's talking about. So I start over, I start from scratch. Six months of progress, throw it away. And I start with this guy, Mark Method. First month, I did my first $1,000 profit online. Second month, I doubled it. Third month, more growth. And then so on and so forth until I get an email from Mark in October, November saying he has this inner circle coaching group that he's starting. And it was only $1,000 and included a year's worth of the software I was already paying 100 bucks a month for. Oh, I have to join this. So I did. And that's when things really took off for me. And I would say right around December, I remember I was on the way to the airport going to New York, New York City. I love the city there. And Mark texted me. He's like, hey, I'm doing this thing called Dropship House, where I'm bringing a bunch of dropshippers together, bringing them down to Nicaragua where they can live for free and just work on their businesses. And in that moment, I was like, I have to go. Like, this is beyond valuable. So I'm sitting there in the car. My parents are driving me to the airport to go to New York. And I'm like, hey, mom, hey, dad, I think I'm going to drop out of college. And there's all naturally just drop. Oh, my God. And, and so I tell them, yeah, I really want to do this. And they're like, yeah, we're going to have this conversation when you get back. So when I get back to New York after Christmas and everything, you know, we sit down and we talk and we're like, Okay, you need to figure out what it is you really want. Me and my dad sat down for a good couple hours. We just talked. We talked through everything. And some other factors as well. I realized that I couldn't go to college and do the business thing at the same time. I just couldn't have the time for it. So I dropped out. And I moved to Nicaragua. And that's where I am right now. I'm sitting in a cafe in Managua uh, with you guys. And I think it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. You know, I've been able to not just step in from selling on eBay, but I came to a crossroads and I thought to myself, well, you can take the traditional route and you can go to school, get your diploma, and then try to start a business, or you can bet on yourself completely because you know you have this mentor here who's done it before and who's guided you in the right direction already, and you can just jump in. And I'm going to bet on myself. I always have. And so I made the decision to just drop out and come down here. And now I'm coaching on eBay. I'm starting to sell on Amazon. And I am uh, and I am pushing toward my main goal. And my main goal right now is to make a million dollars in my business by December 31st of this year. And I've got a long way to go. But I am definitely on my way. And I've actually gotten into closing a bit. You know, closing deals and things like that for my dropshipping mentor. We have eBay and Amazon automation services that we offer. And so I've been able to close some deals for those. And, you know, because of that, my other mentor, like you mentioned, Jason Capital, has shouted me out uh, on different avenues. And it was featured in the Instagram agent sales letter because the closing that I've been doing has been over Instagram using, you know, similar to Jason's strategy. So, it's been cool to get some recognition now for what I've gone, but I mean, I've got a long way to go. And so I'm just trying to keep my head down and grind. Absolutely. That's, that's a hell of a story. And that's a really powerful message starting out because a lot of entrepreneurs, they do it for the wrong reasons. You did it because your parents were struggling and you, you didn't want to see your parents struggle anymore. 
financially. You wanted them to have peace of mind, but you also at the same time wanted to do something where you give them peace of mind and then live a life on your terms. And that's when yeah. you, and that more or less gave you the inspiration and motivation to say, even when those times were tough, you know what? I'm doing it for the right reasons. Let's, let's just push through and really go through. That's, that's really, really powerful. Just curious though, you mentioned Jason Capital gave you some shout outs right there. Um, and you talked about being successful on Instagram. Can you give me an idea of how you personally found success by selling your services on Instagram for people who are struggling? Sure. So it was a combination of Instagram and Facebook. You know, I sort of post out on my personal Facebook wall saying, I wrote some copy and put it out there saying, hey, we have these services and the other, the copy still there if you guys want to go check it out. Uh, and a lot of the deals came from there, but also using the Instagram agent system that Jason has for content cycles and story cycles, I was able to use my mentor's Instagram page and drive people into DMs and close a few deals uh, through his following. And it was basically just mastering what JC taught us as when it came to closing. And I obviously have done my own research and had other training as well, but bringing everything together, making it my own really got sick for me. Gotcha, man. Gotcha. And you, you talked with me. I remember we were in Miami about a month ago or so about three, four weeks ago. And you talked about a method that Jason taught you. It's called the more cheese, less whiskers. And you started using that with Instagram. Can you tell people who are digital entrepreneurs more or less what that is and how that works? So the more cheese of this podcast is from Dean Jackson. And he's one of the smartest marketing minds around. One of his methods that he uses is called the pure cheese method. And it's a method of cold outreach. And you can use it a cold email old message whatever but on instagram it really depends on your niche so for me uh i'd be able to use it for oh excuse me for the the deals that i close but trying to work with other high ticket partners and coaches and that nature and basically you want to think of your prospects as mice not a derogatory way but you gotta think about it what do mice want there's only two things they want in life they want cheese and they want to avoid whiskers they want to avoid cats Yes. So our prospects, what do they want? They want cheese. They want money. They want whatever their desire is. And they want to avoid getting marketed to or getting sold. So how do we do this? It's simple. You have to ask yourself, what is it? What is the real thing that my prospects want? So if you look at restaurants, for instance, what does the restaurant really want? And we'll say that they want to sell out for a night or they want, you know, more tables or higher ticket clients. And those are all things that are true. But at the core, a restaurant, they want birthday parties. Just think about it. Not only are you getting more seats filled, but it's a big party, so that means big tips. And you know, the tickets gonna there's more food being ordered, so they're gonna have bigger tickets. That all being said, if you come to a restaurant and you email them and you say, Hey, you guys do birthday parties, of course they're gonna say yes. They're gonna say, Okay, how big's your party? When do you guys gonna come in? And you're like, okay, great. Uh, I do email marketing 
for birthday parties for a restaurant in Houston. And I'm looking to, to do it for one more. Can you guys handle another eight to 10 birthday parties this month? And they're gonna say yes, of course. And they're like, okay, great. Would you like to hop on a quick seven minute chat to you know, discuss how this works further? And so you have know, email exchange like that, boom, you already got a, a closing call or discovery call scheduled depending on how your process works. So all you gotta do is figure what it is for your niche and then apply the same strategy. So if you're talking to fitness, like gyms and such, you might be, hey, do you guys do group classes? Because of course, what they want to sell is group classes. That's, that's their thing. So what is that thing for your niche? Figure that out and you've got something. Right on. And just to kind of build off what you said, that's, that's a really powerful method. And I never thought of that. But, you know, you just get right to the core of what they're what they want what the customer wants the most it's almost like you're entering the customer's mind and dive into what they want my question is how would you approach it say if you were doing email marketing for plastic surgeons and medical spas would you say do you do tummy tucks or uh so like i have no experience with those niches but Again, you gotta figure out what is it that they want to sell the most of? What is their highest leverage offering? Is it a Tommy Tuck? Is it like um, Botox? What is it for them that they make the highest margin on that they want more of? And they, if they could only do that one thing, they would be the happiest person in the world. So it might just take some research into talking to different plastic surgeons and saying, okay, having that real conversation. What is it that you guys want? And then take that information and go into others and saying, hey, do you guys do X, Y, and Z? So it, for that, it just takes a good bit of market research. That's, that's true for anything. It's true for this, it's true for copywriting. It, it really depends on you know, having those conversations. And the more conversations like that you can have, the better off you're gonna be because you're gonna be ahead of your competition which is guessing. You know based off the facts, based off the conversations that you've had. Got you, got you. And thank you for sharing that with me because it seems that there are a lot of digital marketing entrepreneurs out there that are struggling and to acquire more clients for their business and just getting over that hump of getting the first couple, then being able to scale in your experience, Eric, what do you think is the number one reason why entrepreneurs fail in their business endeavors I would say not being consistent it really comes down to the person sure you've got a million ways of making money from the internet you've got email marketing you've got network marketing you've got closing you've got coaching you've got with everything under the sun but none of it's gonna work for you if you don't put in the work if you don't put in the hours that you need because of course this is true from a copy standpoint. We're always gonna to try to sell you on the simplest way to make money. But the real truth is there is no get rich quick. There is no magic pill. There is no do this and you'll, be, you'll make money tomorrow. There might be some things where you can make money really quickly, but you always have to be committed to putting in the work. When I first started on eBay, I was putting in eight to 10 hours a day over the summer. And now I've got it to a point where I can spend maybe an hour or two and just, you know, stay consistent with the results that I'm getting. So I'm not trying to scale. But at first, there's a 
big barrier to entry because you have to put in the work up front to be able to reap the benefits later. Most people don't understand this. They just want to make the money yesterday and that's all they want. But we're building real businesses here. This is not a hobby. And the sooner that these entrepreneurs can understand that, the sooner they'll just get down, they'll put the blinders on and they'll get to work because if they don't, then they're just going to fail over and over again. And then they're going to say it's a scam and they're going to say it doesn't work for me. Then you're going to start just spreading not like false information because it didn't work for them, but it was their fault that it didn't work for them. Does that make sense? Yes. And one of the things that I really like to talk with other guests and entrepreneurs that I have on is core values. You know, what do you really stand for? So that, that's my question to you having some ups, having downs, entrepreneurship, breaking even for a while and seeing failure firsthand, what would you say are your three core values? So the first is being perseverant, never giving up. I could have given up a long time ago because throughout the process, I only believe in failure, but I knew that I can make this work. I saw many other people who weren't as smart as me, who weren't as talented as me, who weren't me making it. And I'm like, wow, they could see I can do this too. And that gave me the, the energy and the focus to be able to persevere, never give up over the past eight years. And it's huge. And I wish I could instill that in other people. And that's what I'm trying to do every single day because it's, it's so important. You can't teach it. It has to be, you have to let a fire under yourself. Nobody else can motivate you. Only you can motivate you. So my job is then to figure out what is it going to take for you to have that fire under your ass? What, what's going to be that moment? What's going to be that deciding factor to say, okay, time to wake up. It's time to get to work. That's my job is to find that for you. Because if you're getting the same results you're already getting, what you're doing obviously isn't working. We need to change. So that's what I've been trying to do, help people find that. The second core value, I got this from JC, Kaizen, the art of small chunking, small improvements every single day to lead a massive improvement over time. We can just get a little bit better, like 1% better every single day. Over the long term, the results are going to compound. And notice, even my first two right now, none of these things I've been talking about Oh, do this and you're going to be successful overnight. These are all long-term strategies because, again, they we're playing the long game here. Any other type of thinking, you're just wrong. It, there's no other way to do it. You have to be able to commit for the long term. And I would say my third core value is always being true to yourself because I see so many entrepreneurs selling out and trying to be somebody they're not in their marketing and how they present themselves to the world. And it comes off as is scammy and not trustworthy but the number one thing we can do is be authentic be true to ourselves and people respect that even if we have a bunch of flaws if we embrace those and bring us to the forefront of who we are and how we present ourselves people will respect us for it because they're like wow this person recognizes that they're not perfect but yet they're showing this to me anyway that's respectful you you earn people's trust from that and so if you can combine those three things you're going to be ahead of the game in a lot of areas of your life. That's deep. 
that's deep. And I really want to kind of build off the last one, which is being authentic. There's so many people that advertise, you know, oh, I'm a millionaire by doing drop shipping or eBay, and they have a Lamborghini right next to them. So everyone kind of thinks that they're going to do that. Was there ever a point in your journey where, say, you weren't really being true to yourself and you had to kind of step back a little bit and analyze, okay, what am I really doing this for? Who am I? Who is Eric Sapola? Well, I think there was points in my journey where I was, I had shiny object syndrome, where I was just trying to look for the next thing that was going to make me money overnight, that I was trying to do everything, spreading myself so thin, trying to make something work and not committing to one thing. I don't think there was ever a moment of me like selling out or being somebody that I wasn't. It was me trying to like, to, to try a million things to see if one thing stuck. And that's not the best way to do it. It's not very efficient. You know, for me, I see like today's marketing is being flashy because it's all about attention. And so having the Lamborghinis, having the nice houses in your marketing, I wouldn't say it's required, but man, does it help because like it has to do with the social proof and the status and the authority that having these material things bring. Am I saying that it's right or wrong? No, it's just, the fact of life it's how the cognitive bias works in the brain so i would say that, that if you want a lamborghini because you want a lamborghini go get you one but if you want it solely for the attention and the validation of others you're in it for the wrong reason and i think it's a very important distinction you have to be really true you have to really ask in your heart why what, what is the real reason not the surface reason but really reflecting internally. Why am I actually doing this? Why do I want this car? Is it to impress that girl? Is it to, to, to rub it into people's faces? Is it to get back in my old ball? Is it to brag to my old coworkers? Like, it, it comes down to intention in that case. I was actually, I was gonna say something. Clarity breeds mastery. And more or less, it's, it's being authentic to who you are as a person. You mentioned that you, by the end of this year, wanted to build your business up to a million dollars, if I remember it correctly. What would yeah. you say some specific goals, once you hit this million dollar mark, let's be optimistic, you hit this million goal mark by the end of 2019, what are some goals in the next three, four years for your business and where do you see yourself taking your business to the next level? Sure. So getting back to my why, I've always done this for my parents. And so my goal even before the million dollars is to, it's my first time actually saying this publicly, I want to pay off their mortgage by their 25th anniversary, which is this, this August 4th. Their, their 25th anniversary, and I want to pay off their mortgage. And right now it's about $80,000. So that's my immediate goal. But getting to that million dollar mark, after that, I want to get to a million dollars a year and then scale from there, you know, getting to 250K a month, 500K a month. And for me, it's not about the money specifically. 
But then Tendis says it best. I can't go cure cancer without having money. I can't go help people without having money. So the more money that I have, the more people I can help. And that's the ultimate goal here. I want to help as many people as possible. My big long-term mentorship goal is I want to, by the time I'm done, by the time I hang up this entrepreneurial journey, I want to help a thousand families personally retire through making money with unconventional methods, meaning not through a job. So I want to help them retire through an online business or through entrepreneurship in some aspect. And that's really what I'm pushing towards. But right now, it's, it's, I'm in the stage where I'm making money in any way possible to set myself up for my future so that I can take a step back and then start teaching others how to do the same. Because it comes down to you know, getting the financial freedom first and then pursuing the passion. The passion is... I, I never realized when I was growing up, my passion was to help people. I really want to show others how they can do the same as what I'm doing. And for me to be in that position, I have to first, you know, absolutely crush it in my own business. And so the grind is going to be real for the next few years, getting to a place where I can truly say I've done it and I've been there before. So that I can then come in and show people how to start from scratch and build it to a point where they can now retire and have passive income so not have to worry about a job or don't have to worry about working anymore. And that, that's the goal. That's really powerful. That's thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me because so many people, you know, you keep bringing it up, but so many people get into entrepreneurship for the wrong reasons. And even with how specific your goals are and even with the success that you've had, you're still humble enough to admit that you're you're doing it for the right reasons and that's admirable that's something i really respect my question is what's one skill that you think you have that has enabled you to be really successful that perhaps a lot of people don't know about you perhaps it's writing copy perhaps it's your speaking or just give me an idea of what is your best skill that people don't know about? Uh, good question. I right now would say that it would probably be copy. And for those that don't know, copywriting is writing words itself. And for me, it's been something I've been doing less than a year, but I've been told by different millionaire copywriters that I'm like ahead of them as far as my skill level goes. And I need to thank my training, but also I never thought myself much of a writer when I was growing up. I always hated writing in English class, even though I was pretty good at it, I just never liked it. But when I discovered really what copywriting was in pure form, I realized, hey, I enjoy consumer psychology, combine that with writing, and now I've got something. And I really fell in love with it. And I guess you could say speaking goes hand in hand because speaking in essence is verbalizing copy. What I'm speaking to you right now is copy. It's a conversation, but it's also copy. I'm selling you on the, the idea that speaking is copy. Everything is selling and speaking is verbalizing the selling process, the copywriting, all that stuff. So it's all intertwined. It goes hand in hand together. But I would definitely say that 
the communicating of my marketing message through the written word and through selling and through the spoken word is something I've really been able to cultivate lately in my life. That's awesome. That's awesome. We talked last time about copy when we met because we were at Jason Capital's mentorships and masterminds, workshops, whatever you want to call them. And it really honed in on the importance of copy. And I saw just your expertise of the subject because I was just bombarding you with a ton of questions and you were able to share your knowledge. I thank you for that. But you have even bigger plans. I heard word around the grapevine is you're going to meet the $50 billion man, Dan Pena, in person. Is that correct? I muted myself. Sorry. Uh, later this year, my plan is to go to the Capitol. Yes. I want to be able to get down to meet Pena and get mentored. Uh, nothing set in stone just yet, but that is the goal. That's what I want to be later this year. Golly. And you believe that Dan Pena is going to help you with your business plan to not only just hit your million dollar goal, but also to be able to scale up what you already built from there. Correct. Definitely. Absolutely. You know, getting his methodologies and the things that he uses would be a huge asset to what I'm already doing. Do you have what you're currently doing right now? You definitely have ideas always churning, you know, big pictures, big visions, big goals, and what you want to accomplish. You're very ambitious. Do you have any big projects in particular that you're in the works with? Maybe someone that you were, that you met at a mastermind and that you really networked and built just a great connection with them, stayed in touch with them, bounced ideas off each other and are starting to take off with this idea? Sure. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I've actually got a huge project coming up with somebody I met at the Jason Capital event. Uh, and we now have this client that we're working with that might turn into some of the biggest projects we'll ever work on in our lives. And I'm not even exaggerating. Like, we're talking mainstream celebrities here. And that's all I can really say about it. But I'm on this project as a copywriter. And it should be launched in the next few weeks. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. This is just the start. And we'll see how this first one goes. And then from there, it would scale into other realms and other areas. See where it goes. But yeah, we have a, whew, it's, I was on the call hearing like the details of what might happen, like the potential for where this could go. And I was at a loss for words at how big this could actually end up being. That's incredible. That's incredible. I won't dive into the details. You know, this is, all hush hush right now so i won't pry for details not yet anyway another time perhaps but just curious um for people i mentioned masterminds i mentioned workshops and whatnot and how it's so important to always be building your network right because you know your network is your net worth. I'm sure you've heard that. How do you personally go about not just building up an Instagram following or building up, you know, your Facebook page or something like that, 
what do you look for in a person personally that enables you to say, you know what, this is a guy that's going to go places. I want him on my team. So for me, I look for someone who's selfless. It's always giving, leading with value first. They are not selfish. They want everyone to be able to succeed. And someone's ambitious, you know, they need to be able to have that vision for themselves. And they have to know that they themselves are going places so that they see in their own self-image that way that they can project that to the world. And that way I pick up on it and say, okay, hey, this guy's actually like, he's going to make this happen. And I've seen it a lot of the masterminds that I've been to. I could say, okay, everyone in this room wants it and they want it badly. And those are the type of people that I want in my circle. I want my tribe because I want to be able to be pushed. I want people that are at my level or above me. So that way I'm always growing. That way I'm not the smartest person in the room. That way I'm not the most wealthy person in the room. So I'm pushed by my environment to always keep improving. And with respect to your network in person, we talked about your business goals, about you making a million dollars with your business. Has there anyone, has anyone been on your radar in particular, say five people that you can think of off the top of your head that you really want to build in within your network where you can, where you can have them as part of your network to not just help you scale business, but also just to help improve your life in every aspect. Well, I am working with three other guys and we are putting together a project. I also can't discuss right now, but I'm working with a guy named MJ, a guy named Chris, Paul, and then my other two, Alex has to say, Carlos, and then those five guys are insane. They are some of the hardest working people that I know. And they push me indirectly. Like we, we don't talk that often because I mean, we're all so busy. But when we do talk, it's always great things. And, you know, I see the work that they're putting in and stuff they're having. And it pushes me to always keep moving forward in my own business. Gotcha. And these people, these five people that you just gave a shout out to, did you meet them all at the High Status Summit or did you know them before the High Status Summit? No. So Ace is the one that I grew up with. We were in the same network marketing company since we were both like 12 or 13. Like we go way back. But Paul, Carlos, uh, Chris and MJ, I met all those guys through Jason, through the HSS and uh, we each became really good friends. Gotcha. I gotcha, man. Friendship is so important. It's so overlooked. It sounds kind of cliche. Oh, you know, we're the three best friends that anybody can have. But at the same time, it's like those friends are going to help you out when the times get tough. It's always good to have a, an environment that doesn't talk, that doesn't blame the outside world where they're able to encourage you and to help hold yourself accountable for your failures as well as your successes. I think that's really important. Thanks for sharing that with me, by the way. But I just want to play a, play a quick game with you. It's just going to be a little word association. All I'm going to do is I'm just going to say a word and just 
think of the first thing that comes to your mind. We'll do like five or six. I'm feeling, feeling kind of happy right now. You down for that? Do it. All right. Success. Passion. Love. Relationship. Humble. Grind. Hustle. Harder. Go-getter. Overachiever. Action. Kaizen. All right. I think we got enough right there. You mentioned success is passion. And then the very last one, there was um, go-getter, overachiever, and then success is passion. So it seems there's like this conflict when people start out. Do I do it for the money or do I do what I love? I just want to get your perspective on when somebody has this problem and says, Eric, I'm not sure if I want to do this business opportunity because it's going to make me a lot of money, but maybe I don't love it. Or I do something that I totally love and I'm not making a lot of money. What's your take on the passion over money. So I alluded to it earlier in the call, but for me, this is something I'm doing personally. I'm in this right now for the money. It's a, it's a transitional thing. So starting out, it doesn't matter how you make the money. Just go make the money. But once you're in a financially stable place and you can step back, you can say, okay, what am I passionate about? And then you do that. And you make money with that. Doesn't mean that it has to be a certain amount or more, but make the money to make the money first. Get stable, and then go do what you love, because that way you're you're not worried about the bills, and that way you'll still love your passion, because you're not trying to push yourself financially within your passion. It's not a job. It's still something you love to do, regardless of how much money you're making because you already made the money. So yeah, go make money first and then go follow your passion. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I just wanted to get an idea of your daily routine because you mentioned that, you know, you have five very close people in your network and you guys are always so busy within your mission and what you're doing to, to scale your businesses respectively. What would you say are, your three to four daily habits that you do that help you put yourself in the right state of mind? So right now, my morning ritual, I'll just give you that because my days are pretty much the same, but your day all, is all about how you start your morning. You can dominate your morning, you'll dominate your day. You can dominate your day, you'll dominate your week. If you dominate your week, you'll dominate your month. If you dominate your month, you'll dominate your year. So it all comes back to how you start our day. And here's my morning ritual, just so you guys have an idea of what I'm doing personally. You don't have to do the same thing, but there's some big principles when it comes to morning rituals that everyone should be doing. And the first one is always hydrating. You should always, always, always drink water. It's the first thing you do. 16 ounces of water, maybe do a shot of apple cider vinegar, and that'll wake you up. Trust me. That'll get your body hydrated because when you're sleeping, you're not moving, and your body sweats, and it releases a lot of the, the, the water stored in your body. So 
you need to replenish that. So first thing you should always do, hydrate. Second thing you should do is move. Again, when we're sleeping, you're not moving and your body gets very tight. So doing bioenergetics or doing yoga or stretches or a small workout, huge. And right now I do a mix of bioenergetics and I do Tony Robbins prime, priming breathing, which is, uh, I'm not gonna demonstrate it right now, but it's aggressive inhales and inha inhales and exhales with pumps, like so, on each inhale and exhale. And so I do that, and that gives me a lot of energy to start the day, especially the priming breathing. I just, I feel a tingle on my fingers and toes because I'm, just, I'm primed with energy. And then right after that, I'll go to my journal. And in my journal, I write a few things. So I write how I felt, I wrote, I'll flex on the previous day, so I write a sentence or two about how I felt today went, and any highlights. Then I'll go and I'll be grateful. What are three things, no matter how small, that I'm grateful for? I'm grateful for the ability to write. I'm grateful for my breath. I'm grateful for the water I just drank. Small things. It doesn't have to be, I'm grateful for this beautiful house I'm living in right now. Just small things. And being grateful for the small things matters. And then after that, I'll write down my three one-year goals. So each year, uh, it's a goal-setting exercise that I do, thanks to JP. And every day I'll write down what those goals are. And after that, uh, I will choose my identity, meaning I, I literally write down the person that I'm going to be today. So like this morning, I knew that at the house, we're shooting a lot of content for Mars YouTube channel, no BS dropshipping. And so, so I literally wrote down, today I'm going to be the most charismatic and passionate person that I can be over video. And it's just a conscious effort because a lot of people, what do they do? They get up and they let their environment dictate who they're going to be. Why? Why not choose exactly who you're going to be that day? So that's what I do. And, and it differs from day to day, but generally it's the same. It's being the most passionate, most impactful, most influential person that I can be so that I can impact more lives and help more people. And then after I do that, I'll pray because I'm a Christian. And so I do read my prayers in the morning and evening every single day. And once I'm done with that, I kaizen for about 30 minutes. So I pick a skill that I want to get better at. And I'll either read a book or watch a course or practice some skill for a good 30 minutes to an hour. And the last thing I do every morning is I'll eat the frog. Eating the frog is essentially the idea that out of all the things you need to get done during the day, there's one that's bigger than the other. We call it the frog. It's the biggest thing. And in business, it's the highest o higher, nah, excuse me, highest ROI, return on investment, or the highest leverage thing that you can do each day. So if we can knock that out first, then we'll be good because we have the, the toughest, the, the highest leverage thing done already. Now we can spend the rest of our day doing everything else that needs to get done that's not as big or as important as that thing. Very good. And I like the the prayers and writing down what you're thankful for. I think it helps you. It seems to help you analyze what's more, most important in your life. It helps give you the right perspective on life. Now you are living in Nicaragua. I think you said you're in Managua, Nicaragua. Yeah. Through all this time, okay, that you've lived in Nicaragua, 
how, how has it changed your philosophy on life? Maybe you didn't appreciate what you had before, but then living in Nicaragua, living in a different country, how has that helped shape you into the person that you are today? Sure. The biggest thing is gratitude because Nicaragua is the second poorest country in the hemisphere. These people, majority, have nothing. There's 50% unemployment here. And the people that have nothing are some of the happiest people that I've seen. They're content having actually nothing. And how often do we go in our day-to-day lives always wanting more, wanting more, wanting more? And there's people out there that have nothing with the clothes on their back. And they're happier than we are. So it just taught me perspective, taught me gratitude for what I do have because compared to them, I'm rich beyond my wildest dreams. And from my perspective, I'm poor. But compared to them, I'm wildly rich. And it really caused me to take a step back and really have that perspective on the life that I'm living and every and within every morning you wake up and that's why you write down what you're thankful for just to really keep everything in perspective yes it's really powerful because a lot of people that are wealthy like you said we do want more it feels like in today's world we always want more we always want more but then it's when you step out of your own environment and you go to another country and see how little people have it really makes you think wow you know like you just had you had your moments where you're like wow these people have nothing but they enjoy a smile they enjoy a a great conversation they enjoy being around others and helping people what would you say outside of helping 1000 last question you wanted to help a thousand families retire. You personally wanted to help these people. What do you want your legacy to be on the world personally? When, when you die, how do you, as we all die, how do you personally want to be remembered? What do you think your legacy would say? It's a hard question to answer because I'm only 20. And, you know, that's, fingers crossed that that's a long way away. But yes, yes. I want to be remembered as the person who went out of my way to help others. I want to be remembered as the person that always thought of things bigger than himself. Because it's not about me. I'm here and I have my own goals. But at the end of the day, it's not about me. Everything I have is temporary. So it doesn't matter you know how can i impact others and make sure that they are in the best place they possibly can be for their current situation and for their future families and for generations to come how can i not only give generational wealth to my family and make sure that they never have to worry about struggling but how can i also give that to others how can i impact others lives in such a big way that when i'm gone i know that So many other people never have to stress about the struggles of this world 
And that's something I'm going to be chewing on for many years to come is how I can actually accomplish that. But that is where I see my legacy being laid. That's a powerful legacy. But it's always leading with value in helping others. I feel like that's your main mission. That's your main purpose of why you're doing everything. That's it's very admirable because it's, it's not selfish. It's selfless. And I, like I said, I just want to thank you for coming in and sharing your message. You know, what your core values are, what, who really inspires you, you know, what the number one reason why, you know, people fail in entrepreneurship and how they can improve that in particular. It's been an incredible experience. And like I said, I thank you for coming on and sharing your story and sharing your message. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Steve Zekas, the Sinatra Swap host of the one and only Dominate the Deal. This is, again, Eric Sapola, the eBay extraordinaire. You could follow him on Facebook, Eric Sapola, C-I-P-O-L-L-A is how you spell the last name. Instagram, you it's just the same name, right, Eric Sapola? Yes, Eric underscore Sapola. Yes, Eric underscore Sapola. You heard it from him first on Instagram, Facebook, Eric Sapola. And feel free to reach out to him. Follow his story, follow his journey because he has an incredible one. It's filled with ambition, an incredible vision with big, big masterminds and big projects in the works coming out there. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the one and only Dominate the Deal. Eric, thank you again for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you for having me. All righty. Until next time, folks, stay tuned for the next episode. Dominate the Deal, but more importantly, Dominate your life. I'll see you all soon.